Welcome, everybody. Ears up in depth. We're back in the studio after a few trials and errors. Jeremy and I have uh, connected uh, via the internet, and I, I appreciate the internet for technology uh, because we were having issues with our, and no one cares, with, with our uh, broadcast software, and we had to roll through, what was it, Jeremy, like three other types of video conferencing software <laughs> to finally yeah. get something that works with OBS for me to broadcast this whole thing right. out. And uh, I feel like even... Five years ago, we would just would have been stuck. Like there was nothing we could, you know, we could do, or even two years ago. But now there's at least three different options, and they all work. Well, four really, but so many options. They're all powered by the same thing, though. I think that's the, that's the I think they that's are. the core of the issue. Yeah, it's that's like, let's, let's try this one. That's the same. That's exactly the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Zoom. You know, Zoom powers Ring Central. That's what we usually use. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that, but whatever. Um, but they have inherently in them like something I think that like blocks window capturing software. That's why it wouldn't work with OBS, which is what I use to broadcast the show. But we have to window capture the chat, you know, the 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 video thing in the third computer to then feed it out to the internet. So it's like this whole convoluted setup. I have four here. I'm going to take a picture of my friggin' setup because it's just insane. I have four pick four uh, computers. <laughs> I have four Chase computers. Mike. It's insane. <laughs> just to talk about stupid Disney just, news. Just, just to prattle on. <laughs> just to complain. You know, we could really just have a phone call. Someone record it and then just put it up <laughs> with like a tape. Uh, we could we could mail tapes of this to people. Oh yeah. There's this um this uh, pod that I listen to, I guess it's a really more of a radio station. Anyway, it's called Dollar Country, and I think I've talked about it before. But this dude just buys like big, you know, boxes of old country and western albums, or just old albums, vinyl in general. Um, okay. But he's like focuses on like you know forties, seventies, unknown country like artists. Like you know, I like outlaw country or like old old country right not like the my brand new ford and my mama like you want that kind of thing um that is the stuff you like no or that's not that's, not, that's like? not i just i don't know man i like i like old school country that's just okay. me like uh waylon jennings and uh, merle haggard and you know uh willie nelson and people like that right uh willie nelson okay yeah is yeah, this yeah. what you'd hear on like hee-haw <laughs> i don't know that <laughs> i don't know but maybe um, anyway, so uh, Dollar Country. If you guys, if you guys are into that kind of stuff, like unknown country artists, check it out. Uh, he's on Instagram, posts a lot of songs, but uh, he does a podcast. Anyway, he sells mixtapes, like cassette tapes, and I really want to buy them, but I don't have a cassette player. Like I've, <laughs> I feel like I've. Yeah. It's 2021. I'm like, I just what? I just I don't know, man. I want to. Anyway. Well, I feel like you could easily get your hands on a cassette tape. Yeah, cassette but player. I guess I don't care that much. I guess not. You could probably ask Alexa to get you a cassette player to be there by 9 o'clock tomorrow morning right now. You know? Assembling in your garage now. Yeah. Alexa's great. <laughs> um, we were talking before the show, though, Jeremy, about rumors. You want to talk about your rumor or no? Well, you know, I just was sharing with the chat that, you know, I'm, they, they were asking me what I think's happening. I yeah. said, they said, you love to go to Epcot. And, uh, you know, my ear is to the ground now that I'm down here in Florida. I'm definitely, you know, reading the tea leaves. Mm. And uh, one of the things that I heard 
is that starting on February 13th, cast members are blocked from the parks for like a solid two weeks. Okay. Well, that smells like the opening of a new attraction, if you ask me. Oh. So that's the speculation. That's the word around town. Um, what attraction? You know, I was Remy's Ratatouille Adventure at the Epcot France Pavilion. You think that's that's? I mean, that's the only thing that it could be, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the first first we were able to go to the bathroom in its bathrooms. <laughs> I called that one. You did. Then, la- then then I didn't call this one. But then last week, but so you could go back there, but there was still construction walls up. You couldn't really get near the actual attraction itself. Well, this week those walls came down. So now you can pretty much just go lurk around, you know, move around that area. You just can't go on the attraction. So it just it, it's moving in that direction and then now with this cast member blockout, I think it's coming. Sounds good so, to me, dude. I believe you. This this would be a good time. I mean, I walked onto that Frozen ride last <laughs> night and I don't think we waited more than 10 minutes and usually it's like a 70 minute wait over there in Norway. Is it a good ride? Did you enjoy no. it? No, it's not oh, really. No, that's not a good ride. No, no, it's terrible. It's a very quick. It's fine. It's a lot of Olaf. It's a boat yeah, ride. It's, it's a, a dark ride, ride in a boat. Well, because they they killed Maelstrom for it, and and right. I don't know anything about it other than if if most of the Epcot internet is up in arms about something, then it must have been a good ride. But when Taryn and I were there, it was already closed down. Oh. Yeah, and I was a little disappointed about that. So I was yeah. like, "Oh man, this is one of the, this is one of those things I'll never get to uh, experience." But I, I heard it was good in that kitschy sort of Disney, you know, way where it's like, "Wow, this really needs to be updated," but it's gone so long without being updated that it's cool again. Right now, it has to stay this way. Yeah, it's like my wardrobe. <laughs> I was wondering about that. <laughs> I was, you know, I was wondering. I think we're in the stage where it's not cool yet, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we're fair like, enough. Man. We're on our way. <laughs> That's fair. So you think uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is going to uh, open soon, huh? I think so. You heard it here first. Actually, on the last Ears Up show, we did talk about your bathroom rumor in our news. You made our news segment. I did. Oh, because we yeah. were we had a quick show, so I threw it in there at the end. Uh, no, on on the last on the last main show last week, I talked about it. Oh yeah, yes. No, yeah. oh, I did hear that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, you listened. You... I listened. Oh. I was out for a run and I listened to the podcast and I heard you make. I was I was so angry because first of all, I'm running. I'm angry because I don't like running. I just do it. Yeah. And then it's like towards the end. So like now I'm like in the run and I'm sweaty and I'm annoyed and you're like that's a run on. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but like. There's nothing I can do to take my frustration out. I'm just running. Like, I yeah. want to call you up and be like, you know, go away. I Jesus, hate you. you. Oh. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> you know what? You know what? So oh, man. I love that because in my head, as I said that, I thought he's going to listen to this running. He's going to hear about this while he's doing his stupid run. No, you didn't. I did. I swear to God, I did. Well, I was. A okay. run on while I'm running wow. is what happened. So, Mazel to you. Well, that's a dainty glass. What are you drinking? Well, after today's debacle, I decided that I deserve some rum. Okay. Um, and I, I got a rum advent count. I'll probably cut this out of the show. Don't worry about it because this is boring. 
Oh my god! I bought a rum <laughs> advent calendar for like Christmas because I'm thinking I'm going to do it's a thing of 25 rums. It's like an ounce or two ounces, mm-hmm. one for every day. I could do that. Yeah, after about five, you know, you're like I kind of don't really feel like drinking rum right now. Um, so I still have some. So this was from December 20, uh, December 13th. <laughs> That's how okay. far behind I am. Yeah, you're and behind. It's, it's just um, Jamaican 2019 Pedro Jimenez finish uh, barrel selection rum. I don't know. It's cute. Okay. Are right. you enjoying it in that? I do. I like it. Do you just drink it straight or um, you got it with some Coke? No, no. I drink it straight. I put a little ice in it. <laughs> Good. I guess. I don't know, man. All right. And now you're washing it down with a, a, a brew. A br- don't ever call it a brew, please. It's not a brew. Brew is a verb. It's not a noun. Is it a brew from Frisco? <laughs> For Jace? That's your name of your bar. Jace's Frisco Brews. <laughs> cold, <laughs> ice cold Frisco Brews from Jace. At Jace's place. <sighs> You're a, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> who wants to go first? We, we, should roll, we, we should really do this before him. We never do. We never do. Um, well, I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. How about that? I love it. Well, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news this week, but... I don't know how you're going to feel about this. There are some changes coming to the Jungle Cruise. I am 100% ready for this conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you were 100% ready for the changes. No. But that's what happened. I think we found that out yesterday. The Jungle Cruise is the latest in a series of attractions that Disney has announced will undergo changes to its storyline. Disney announced this week that the Jungle Cruise at both Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom and Disneyland in Anaheim will receive updates to its story, which will put the story of the Jungle Cruise skippers at the center of the adventure now. The Disney Parks blog described the changes in a post, quote, Today, we're excited to share that we are building on that story of the Jungle Cruise at both Disneyland Park and at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World Resort to include new adventures that stay true to the experience we know and love, Mm -hmm. more humor, wildlife, and skipper heart, and also reflect and value the diversity of the world around us, end quote. In this new update to the Jungle Cruise, Guests will follow the story of a skipper and his or her passengers as their journey goes awry. The skipper will not only be a live, witty guide, but they will also be represented by a figure in the attraction itself. So I'm not sure how that works. Like, okay. I, I, like it's like, oh, look, there's me. So I, I don't know how like the logistics of this work, or maybe I don't understand it, but that's that's sort of how I'm picking it up. Yeah. Um, Kim Irvine, executive creative boo, director of Walt. Boo, boo, hiss, boo. I had never seen her before, but her picture is next to her quote. She likes her bangs. <laughs> um, she weighed in saying, quote, I'm fortunate to be part of the Jungle Cruise team that is carrying forward a Disney tradition of change and enhancement that was encouraged by Walt Disney. Stop. So this is where I get annoyed because yeah. it's like, I don't think that Walt was in favor of change for the sake of change. Like we have to change it because we have to change it. And she and it's like Disney's very forward when defending things, defending whatever they're doing and then wrapping Walt in it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure Walt's like, leave me out of this. Like, I don't know what you're doing. You know, like 
Yo, it I'm, was encouraged by him. I'm telling you, this is this, this this whole thing pushes forward my idea of having a séance night where we get a Ouija board and we try to contact the guy <laughs> and see what he thinks about it. I haven't heard you broach or, this one. Oh my gosh, you know what actually would be better? I'm going to hire a psychic. I'm going to hire a psychic. Oh my god. To conduct a séance to contact Walt and I want to talk to Walt through this person. I'm going to do that. You Patreon supporters. That's, yeah, yeah, your Patreon account is like tanking. People are like, I don't want my money going for that. <laughs> yeah, what is that insane person? <laughs> I actually think it's a fantastic idea. I think it should be the biggest show of the year. Oh, my God. Should Oh, you know what? We're coming up on our 200th app. I mean, we just did 177 or something like that. Oh, so it'll be this year for sure. Yeah, maybe. Coincidentally, later this year, a Jungle Cruise movie starring The Rock and Emily Blunt will be released. But it seems, at least for now, there are no plans to incorporate that movie into The Jungle Cruise. So I was actually a little refreshingly surprised when they said changes to The Jungle Cruise coming. The first thing I thought was Emily Blunt and The Rock. And it doesn't seem that that's what's happening. So I kind of like that this is really just continuing what Imagineering does, which is create their own stories. God, who knew? (laughs) Though that hasn't stopped some fans from hoping for it. Someone on the Disney Parks blog commented, quote, I hope Emily Blunt's and The Rock's characters from the film show up at some point, too. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That was from a burner account from the person who wrote that blog. Because nobody hopes that they see Emily Blunt in the Jungle Cruise. Come on, man. But, like, even, like, why would you hope that you haven't, no one's seen the movie. How do you know you hope that? Right. Oh, that would be so sweet. That makes me so angry. Yeah. It should. The Jungle Cruise is one of the few remaining attractions personally worked on by Walt himself and was an opening day attraction at Disneyland and at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. It is also featured at Tokyo Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland, though there is no news at this time what, if any, changes will be made to the attraction at those parks in Asia. The Jungle Cruise has in recent time been criticized for its dated portrayal of indigenous people. And this change is a, quote, needed update, according to Carmen Smith, executive for creative development and inclusion strategies for Walt Disney Imagineering. This won't be the first time change has come to the Jungle Cruise throughout its history. The original attraction opened with a much more serious tone and was meant to provide a more realistic journey through several of the world's jungles. In the 1960s, several changes, including a more playful, humorous storyline and enhancements designed by Imagineer Mark Davis, made the attraction into a version more recognizable to guests today. Other attractions, such as Pirates of the Caribbean and more recently Splash Mountain, have also either undergone or are planned to undergo changes in light of evolving attitudes for how people and cultures are depicted. This uh, update, however, seems palatable to me, but I I worry because they're saying no, we're going to make it funny. I don't think Disney is funny. I don't. I think they've <laughs> lost that ability. They had it, and they you know there were some moments in some of the Renaissance movies where it's like the humor was kind of operating on two levels, one for the kid, and then there were some like jokes for the adults. You're right. They don't do that anymore. They don't get it. They're not funny people. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. So Jungle Cruise is coming. What do you think? Well, I'm uh, I have I have a love hate relationship, as everybody knows. It's well documented. I'm on record that I don't really like the Jungle Cruise the way it's written. I love the ride. If I could ride that ride with no skipper, 
I would be, I would stand in line. I would stand in line forty five minutes for that. I love the ride. I think it's great. I think it's cool. I think it's kitschy. I think it's old school. Even though it's had some refreshments, um, I I love the thing. I think it's great. My favorite part is the headhunters. Is the villagers the exact thing they're removing? So that crashed boat scene is going to go yeah. where the villagers are. And maybe I'm not supposed okay. to say that, but uh, that's probably where it's going to go. Probably. Okay. So the villagers are gone. I don't know if Trader Sam is going. So the the problem I have is multifaceted. But if 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 okay, first of all, there there are headhunters in the world. It's not. I don't. I don't because they're wrapping it up in a, in a, in an ex, uh, inclusivity and an anti racism thing. Right. I don't know if it's racist. I mean, what race of people? are they depicting that's my stupid white person take but if people are truly offended by it let, let's go talk to headhunters go out there <laughs> talk to some headhunters and and see if they are actually really offended by this because there are honestly people still being killed by arrows from undiscovered tribes in the amazon like that happened two years ago or whatever like missionaries getting hit with arrows and dying from these undiscovered tribes like it is it's a thing it, warfare among tribes is a thing that happens if they don't know who you are some tribes will throw arrows at you to drive you away that's just what it is that's what that ride was depicting the headhunter thing happened of course headhunters in general is sort of a "Quote unquote romanticized version of exploring the dark, you know, jungles and and the the colonialism of of the the darker skinned people by the lighter skinned, you know, people ordained by God." Um, so I understand like how that sort of sits, but I feel like the Disney version is so innocent. Where it's like we're driving through their territory. Oh God, everyone duck! They're cruising along. Hey, here's the headhunter. And then that's it. Like, there's no sort of like we're taking back the darkest jungles from the savages. There's nothing. There's nothing like that. And I think people drawing those parallels are sort of. I heard the term the other day, uh, trauma collectors, where they're just mm. sort of like, well, I want to to go to bat for everybody that I feel has been wronged in the world, and so they collect all this all other people's traumas to make themselves feel good about it. Right. I've never heard, and I've been doing this show for six years, right? I have never heard anybody say anything remotely close to the Jungle Cruise is racist. I've never heard that. (laughs) I've heard it from Splash Mountain. We've talked about it tons of times. Never once have I heard anything about Jungle Cruise. The other side of that is if they get rid of Trader Sam, I feel like that rewrites the story behind Trader Sam's bar. Because if you go into Trader Sam's bar, it's full of these old-timey photographs of exactly what people have a problem with or what Disney says people have a problem with um, is people colonializing these deep, dark jungle areas, right? It, it, it celebrates co- the, the colonialism of, of the world by what the white man. You go in there, there's pictures of explorers with natives and, and doing all this kind of stuff. So are you going to pull all that stuff as, as well? Where do we where do we stop? Where do we stop? Like I don't I, I guess I don't understand the 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 problem with a cruise going through a jungle and running into natives and they don't want you here so they throw spears at you. I don't understand that. It makes no sense to me. Right. You you get the sense that there is almost like a fear of even just mentioning someone 
you know, someone who's different from yourself. And you, you do have to wonder, like, who is, like you said, who is really offended by this? Were there, were there cannibals? Because there are, you know, that, like you said, there are cannibals in the world. Yeah. Were they coming and saying, you know, this is a really terrible way to depict us cannibals? It's actually, you know, a way of life. This is this is just white people who feel guilty and and just feel like they need to uh, project that on there. I do think that because it's it's yeah. it's definitely a different story than even Pirates of the Caribbean. You could say like, well, gee, that's not really the nicest way to show uh, women, you know. But or, this is like or anybody uh, like you listen to that the lyrics of that song like we kidnap and plunder and don't give a hoot or whatever it says. So <laughs> right. so the ride you're celebrating kidnapping. That's what you're doing. You're celebrating right. um, the um, uh, transaction or the, the not the marketing, but the um, trafficking. You're celebrating the trafficking of, of, of humans, mostly women, right. by singing that song in the park. So at what point do we draw the line? Like, I understand the, uh, the implications of the men chasing the women because, yeah. OK, they're going to rape the women. Probably that's the implication. Uh, what, yes, let's remove that. That's fine. The redhead thing I didn't like. People like people love it, so that's fine. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But at some point, you have you're 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 just chipping away at the foundation of what the ride actually is. So if you want to change the if you want to change the message of the ride, you should probably start with the song lyrics. We're talking about pirates now, right? You should change sure. the song lyrics too. But to what? The whole ride right. then becomes irrelevant and unnecessary and needs to be changed because you're talking about pirates coming into a ride burning people's homes. Is that <laughs> right. was that Disney? No, it's not Disney. But is it is it more or less Disney than a jungle cruise boat going through the jungle getting spears thrown at it? What's right. the, I don't know. Uh, that being said, I do sort of like the addition of the crashed tour boat. I think that's funny. I think yeah. it's cool. Um, the removal of like the native guides um, going up the the um, the pole with a rhinoceros poking at their booties. Yeah. Taryn pointed out, she's like, "Oh, so you're removing people of color and putting more white people in the ride?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's a funny take," <laughs> um, and that's exactly what they're doing. But there's like from the from the from the sketch, there's like a, a a black man and like an Asian woman, and so it's like they're really trying to just stretch out this inclusivity thing. I don't I don't mind so much, but it's like it just it is sort of I mean, if if you want to get into the weeds of being um, uh, uh, inclusive and accepting of everybody, you're removing people of color to put in more white people. In a run. Right. I don't know. I just don't understand it. Well, I also have never gone through and th there, thought, oh, that's who that tribe. I know that tribe. That's how they are. Like they're pretty nondescript. They're just, you know, yes. it's just like you don't, you know, it's like it's not it's not easy to point out who or what that is. It's just general people who live in the jungle, which is a thing in many places. Well, and and yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it was like 2007 or maybe or 2017 or maybe 18 that a Christian missionary caught an arrow from an un, from one of those undiscovered Amazon tribes. I remember this. They yeah. have dark skin, you know. So it's like I, I don't know. At some point, where do you draw the line between stereotype and racism? And I don't know that. And 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 I will always default to if you're offended, I'm going to listen to you, 
and I'm going to I'm going to accept that you're offended by this thing and you tell me why you think you need to change it. I I'm open to it. I'm not saying no, never change anything because whatever, mm-hmm. you know, forget people's sure. feelings like we're trying but I've never heard anybody being up in arms about this. And maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something, but I, I don't know that any tribes out there are like, well, um, you know, we just came out of the Amazon and we got a, our iPhone 12s. And boy, do we have a list of things that you guys need to do to change and make us feel good. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, where do you where do you draw the line? You know, you, you talk about uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Do you think, uh, you know, people of lower stature, dwarves, whatever, do you think they'd like being depicted as miners only? That's all they're good for is digging in the small tunnels. Do you think Dopey is happy with just being, uh, you know, considered a dumb person and not talking? That's why he's Dopey, because he's deaf and dumb. Like, you know what I mean? He's not deaf, but you know what I mean? It's those, it's those, those (laughs) perils that we try to draw. There, there's a line somewhere. And we're crossing it right now. My, in my opinion, I think that Disney has been waiting for this moment for a long time to to refresh the Jungle Cruise because it is sort of you know stale. But again, it's a ride that's been around since the opening day and has tens of minutes of wait. Like there's usually a thirty minute wait for that ride still to this day. Yeah, but I think they wanted to refresh it. I think this is an excuse, and I I feel like it's even worse to use like social justice as a reason for refreshing uh, a ride versus we feel like it's the right time just to let's put something new in, in, into the ride. I don't know. Like I said, I'm always going to default to, if you're offended by that, then let's talk about it. I want to know about why, but I've never heard anybody say that they're offended by this. I've heard people, I've seen people on Dis Twitter bring it up, but you didn't see it until until um, pirates and um, and and Splash Mountain, you, it wasn't a thing. I never had heard it. People loved the Jungle Cruise. They were doing, you know, at, at the D twenty three Expo, they're doing seminars on the Jungle Cruise with the skippers and talk. You know, it was so it was celebrated within recent years. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is a little bit new, uh, but things have gotten very heightened recently. So I suppose. Um, now is the time. Yeah, the only thing I really care about is is, is having Trader Sam in there because he really ties to the bar, and I'm I'm curious to see where they draw the line within their own sort of like orbit of that storyline, right? right. If yeah. they change the Jungle Cruise too much, that changes the story of Trader Sam's. And are they gonna are they gonna draw that parallel? Are people upset with the tiki culture? Yes, I've heard that more often than I've heard people are upset with the Jungle Cruise culture. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll we'll have yeah. to wait and see what happens, but it seems like this is going forward, and I think it's going to be before the year is out. Oh, yeah, I would guess. Well, Jeremy, uh, as you know, two weeks ago, Disneyland announced that it was canceling the popular annual passport program. And, of course, people went nuts, as they tend to do. With no announcement as to what will replace it just yet, we are all left wondering what Disney has up their sleeves. Well, as a stopgap, Disneyland is rolling out a new program meant to bridge the gap and ice the bruising of their missing annual pass program. Posted today over the Disney Parks blog, the Disneyland Annual Passport Club, for lack of a better term, is being renamed. For anyone who has held an active pass starting March 14th, 2020, will now be called a Disneyland Resort Legacy Passholder. 
Okay. Yeah. Being a legacy pass holder, aside from the extra air of superiority, means you will still get discounts on merch and food with the same options to buy exclusive AP trinkets. No word yet on if you get a cool magnet with this new title. For how long is that going to go on for you? So are people going to keep this annual pass and hang on to it forever? Well, I think it's I th- well they since they've killed the program, they're they're going to refund everybody. But if you had your thing, I guess they're going to keep you on record. I don't know. There's no really details about how like the logistics of how that's going to work. Very strange. Yeah. Um, the blog does say that they are, quote, working on adding more magic during this limited time. So mm. brace yourself for a free upgrade from a medium soda to a large soda. Probably. I mean, there's really not much more that they can do, seeing as Disneyland is limited to Buena Vista Street and downtown Disney. I mean, maybe you'll get discounts on parking with this uh, annual passport uh, legacy program, whatever. Um, If you are now considered a legacy pass holder, get your ears to Buena Vista Street and save 30% off selected merchandise between now and February 25th. (laughs) So for the next (laughs) month, you get 30% off selected items. (laughs) <laughs> because we love the fact that you are a discount or a, 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 an AP holder. Um, because apparently that's all your loyalty grants you. Oh, and that's only between Monday and Thursday. So please don't try to show up on Saturday looking for your <sighs> discount. I feel like this is just an alternative to them taking markdowns. <laughs> like but, no one, they, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. before we take the markdowns, let's just see if we can get the APs to come in and get <laughs> get some rid of some of this before they, we have to go fifty off. The APs are the leeches. Where, like, uh, you know, in the Middle Ages, they would just pour the jar of leeches over you to see if that would work, and then they would amputate. <laughs> like that's yeah. Um, but here's the best part of the blog post, only because I really don't like the Disney blog voice they use, uh, you know, to, to write these things in. Depending on the mood I'm in, it alternates between patronizing and insincerely kind. Quote, legacy pass holders can still enjoy some of those ever so magical extras that celebrate you. Like when you get I... the ch- like when you get the chance to scoop up some special merchandise or enjoy some food and beverage offerings or those special surprise and delight moments. And of course, there are those fantastic passport discounts that have been extended for a limited time from food and beverage offerings to shopping at selected locations all around downtown Disney District and Buena Vista Street. It's the magic that makes being a Disneyland Resort legacy pass holder such an unforgettable experience. And that's just for starters. We're working on adding more magic during this limited time. So get ready to be surprised, delighted, and most of all, celebrated. Because that's what being a Disneyland Resort Legacy Pass holder is all about. So basically, translation is... We don't want you around when this thing's all back up and running, but in the meantime, we don't want to piss you off by canceling the program. So could you just keep coming, keep coming and spending money? Like that's well, what we need from you. Or we've already pissed you off because we've already canceled the program, but let's pass on this discount and let let's get you back in on the slower days. But don't forget, Jeremy, get ready to be celebrated by having this <laughs> very extreme window of time where you can use this thirty percent off thing. Plus ten percent off an ice cream or some nonsense. Like you're celebrating me. I'm old enough to remember when annual passes were cheaper, and you got a friggin' calendar. 
<laughs> you've really, you've really got a stick in your craw about that calendar. I've heard about it many times. I liked it. It was cool. <laughs> Anyway, naturally, Disney fans have something to say to this. And in taking a page from your reporting notebook, Jeremy, I went over to Twitter to find out the hot takes on the street, on the digital street. The AP Twitter account is still at Disneyland AP, but the title reflects the program's name change. In replying to the announcement, several fans were chiming in with their displeasure. Here's the tweet. Welcome, Disneyland Resort Legacy Pass Holders. Thank you for having been a Disneyland Resort Annual Pass Holder as of March 14th, 2020, the date of our park's closure. Get ready to be delighted with magical extras that celebrate you. So it makes, like, no sense to me at all. Like, they link to the announcement, but they don't mention the name change within the tweet. They just welcome Legacy APs. So perhaps if they, I don't know hadn't fired their entire social media team, this would have gone over better. But, you know, anyway, let's get into the into the weeds and figure out what Twitter users are saying to the Disneyland Resort Legacy Passholder account now. At Ethermac, Ethermac uh, says, first off, period, <laughs> you have given so beeping much to, cal- uh, to Florida Passholder, period, when people who have Disneyland AP haven't gotten beep. We have gotten nothing. Absolutely nothing. All you've given us is three days out of the week that we get 30% off select merch. It's utter bull because you have not done anything for us for about 10 months. You're just pouring salt on the wound. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I love anything that ends in I hate you. Yeah. Then someone replied back to them. It was like a dude, calm down. It's just, just like a thing. And they came back with, Shut up, ugly. <laughs> I can't believe you found my personal account. <laughs> I found your burner, man. And then it's <laughs> funny because like the person that this person said shut up, ugly to, they replied like, that's the best response I've ever gotten on this <laughs> Twitter at all. <laughs> like they took it in stride. No word yet if that person was actually ugly. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, Gal Jedi writes, uh, right after I was waiting for my pass to expire so I could switch it to Flex in March. So I get no perks despite being a pass holder for years. Uh, Danielle Esqui says, uh, I feel like we've all been abandoned by a parent who keeps popping in with really cheap gifts once in a while to pretend like they still love us. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they don't. Get lost with your legacy BS, Disneyland. April Zierbaugh says, when should we expect our refunds? I haven't received any secondary communications in that regard. And this is sort of a common thread. There's like, oh, when I looked, there was like 140 comments. Many of them were like, where's my refund? I still haven't got anything for it. Sure. I haven't gotten mine. Uh, Dumb Chapel says, sounds like a whole lot of nothing to me. Um, <laughs> Figment Fever says, how are those refunds coming along? <laughs> Karma... I darling says, uh, lol, what? So nobody understands the tweet, first of all. You have to click right. on the thing and read this entire blog post. Even then, it's sort of like out of the twilight zone where you feel disconnected, like you missed something. And uh, in my opinion, this is an example of like upper management doing the work of like people who, th- who used to do this for a living right? Like the social media team or the blog team. But now it's people who are out of practice and they don't really understand how to like communicate in certain 
specific terms. So they go, well, look, let's just do let's let's do it like we name our our, our parades and spectaculars. Let's celebrate dreams and wishes of you and being in the, <laughs> like the certain like the ten buzzwords that Disney likes to use. Let's throw that around. It'll pacify anybody. Everybody will be totally fine. Meanwhile, the entire thread is just people going, this is stupid. Yeah, sometimes, and this is the thing I, I criticize Disney for this a lot, is they don't realize that less is more. Like, you'd have been mm. better off just doing nothing and shutting up. <laughs> but they won't. They just can't help themselves. They had to go yeah. to the buzzword wall, close their eyes, pick five flashcards down, and print whatever was on them. I agree. Yeah, and that's what I don't really understand about about Disneyland, man, and, and Disney in general. I guess it's it's a it's a lot of buzzwords, a lot of keywords, and it's a lot of of you. Well, we just let's focus on you for a change. Well, if you focused on me, you wouldn't be raising the prices all the time. You know, this is what people are really outraged about: is when you when you raise the prices of beer and food and alcohol. Park tickets, eh, not so much because you sort of expect that. But like when you when you raise the prices of something and you don't get anything for it in return, because as Disney fans we all go, oh well, you know the, the ticket prices go up because well we have to um, we have to do upgrades. We have you know that money's automatically in your mind going back into the parks to like enhance stuff or whatever. Meanwhile, Bob Iger has twenty six million dollars in his uh, pension fund. You know what I mean? <laughs> every year he and this is this came out. Every year he defers half a million dollars to an interest-bearing account that doesn't count on his annual fund. He gets over a hundred thousand dollars for sitting on the board of Disney. Yeah. That's in addition to his salary. Like they pay them outrageous amounts of money when there's one park open. So it it just it's it's sort of I feel like the backlash is sort of growing now against Disney because all this stuff is coming out due to the pandemic. It's like, well, if you have money to redo the Jungle Cruise, why don't you have money to to fix some of the problems or why are you charging more money for stuff? Why are you why are you raising the prices on us? Disney is still sort of like the middle class haven of of like what you can do, maybe upper middle class, you know, it's like the goal to take your family to. We don't need to be charged twelve dollars for a glass of beer. That's insane. It's insane. <laughs> um, well, anyway. it definitely feels tone deaf at best, and it, it's like rubbing salt in the wounds to to people. I think you know when I read it, I was like, also, I don't even you know they have like the in the logo, the annual Passover logo, and now it says legacy on it. I was like, <laughs> who would want that? I know it sounds it, it looks gross, and it's like so. I retweeted on our on our uh, ears up account. I was like, oh, I can't wait for the magnets for this one. <laughs> because that's all it's going to be. And it's, I don't know, I never really understood. And look, there's a lot of you out there who love the annual pass merch, and that's fine. Do what you want to do, buy what you want to buy, whatever. That's not my thing. I don't, I don't need it to say annual pass holder. I don't need everybody to know that I'm an annual pass holder. I just, that kind of marketing, I don't understand. But if you're an annual pass holder, you want people to know that you go here a lot. And that's cool. There is some sort of like, ego attached to how often you go to, to you know to Disneyland um, and that's fine we, we need stuff to you know sort of like make us feel good especially now but I don't know man this is just it's nice I guess to extend the thing right extend your discount extend the thing 
but don't pretend like we're celebrating you. That's what I have a problem with. It's the language about, well, this is for you guys. Like we would never really do this normally, but to be celebrated, you are celebrated. Just tell me I have the discount. Don't patronize me. Don't play it up like this. It sounds well, ingenu- disingenuine. I think that we knew we had the discount. What's that? We knew we had the discount. They said in the email to pass holders, we're going to let you keep your discount through the end of the month. Yeah. That's it. You could have left it at that. We don't <laughs> now this is the problem. They go up there on this and they're on the soapbox and they're doing the dance and we're like, uh yeah, we know. And you could have just left it at that. Yeah. But now you look stupid. Right. Exactly. You know? And this this kind of this kind of customer service opens the door for people to be a little more harsh. Because it's you're 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 churching it up. You're dressing this up as like, oh well, we're bending over backwards to make you feel celebrated. True, they don't have to do this, but the way that you phrase it is insulting, and that's right. what people if, are taking issue with. If you were a normal, sentient person who knows how to <laughs> deal with other people, you know that you say, "Ah, oh, shucks, we're really sorry that we have to get rid of the annual pass. You know what? We're going to let you have the discount to the end of the month, yeah. and you shut up about it." You know, it's like when you say like the, you know, you, when you give to charity, you're not supposed to tell everyone, you're just supposed to do it and shut up. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's do it and it shut is. up. Tell do us, you're, tell us you're giving us the discount and then say, you know what? We're going to do some extra cool stuff because we understand that it sucks. Yeah. And right. so there you go. Yeah. Less is more. They don't understand it, but they don't understand that less is more in everything. We don't need big fountain barges. We don't need <laughs> all, like, it's just all. <laughs> It's uh, fine. I wish we had a big fountain barge in Disneyland, man. That sounds really cool. I'm happy to get one on the back of a tractor trailer and drive it across the country for you. You can have it. <laughs> Please do. Uh, let's hear a word from our good friend, Sean O'Sullivan. Hello, it's Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery, and we are proud to announce a fresh addition into our Hell or High series of beers with Hell or High Pomegranate. Our California Bay Area brewery has done it again, creating a crisp and refreshing wheat beer that pairs well with the season. Hell or High Pomegranate is made with real fruit and is sweet with a slightly tart finish. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this time of year and can brighten any rainy or wintry day. Behind all that soft and elegant pomegranate flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, light bready notes, and at a mere 4.9% alcohol, is quite enjoyable. Hell or High Pomegranate is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold on draft and in cans. That's right, cans. All right, good job, Sully. Thank you. You can go now. First of all, that is my favorite new improvement of the show. Oh, really? Do you like that? Okay, I good. I Because I, I, I played it only because I couldn't find the actual text. Yeah, we're <laughs> doing it because it's great. Okay, good. All right, good. It's a, it's a nice little reprieve from... I, uh, I think so too, man. And this is the problem I, I have, like, especially with the other show that I do, like the on the Brewing, the brewing Network is my other job that I reference all the time. And uh, I like host the main show. I edit the other show. Uh, I I do all the voiceovers for all the commercials, and it's like it's 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 too much. And so I farmed this out to Sully. That was supposed to be me talking, and I'm like, Sully, look, I can't do it. I I do three other commercials on this stupid show, and I host this show. I can't, I can't. <laughs> it just it's too much of my voice, man. And he goes, Yeah, I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you want variety for your ears, and also variety. he's got a very good radio voice. It's very deep. I like it. it sounds yeah. very nice. Yeah, it sounds pretty good, man. I cleaned it up pretty good. I edited that. I I was pretty pretty proud of that, honestly. Oh, um, I was complimenting him. Well, yeah, but it's my audio production. 
So uh, also, hey man, if you uh, are if, you telling me if you need any marketing uh, writing done, let me know. Um, you know, um, I, I take work. I I, I helped uh, adapt that script to a radio format. Anyway, whatever. Um, go ahead, Jeremy, please. Okay, are you a fan of the Olympics? I do like the Olympics, man. I really do. I like some of the Olympics some of the time. I'm mostly a Winter Olympics guy. Me too. I yeah. tend to lean more towards the winter ones. Speed skating, hockey, uh, the the sl- the the slalom is pretty tight. Um, slalom is pretty tight. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you now, and I don't care who judges me. Figure skating. Oh yeah, it's great. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I met I, like Bri- I met one- Brian Boitano once. You did? Yeah, I did. I hung out with him at a bar in San Francisco. I'm just gonna tell wow. you that right now. Yeah. Yep, that's all. That's all I'm going to tell you. And what did you guys say? I mean, we were like with a big group, and so like it was uh, one of our friends who knew him. It was like good friends of them, and uh, I was oh. happened to like be walking from one bar to the other, and I was like next to him, and I just told him, uh, you know, whenever you meet celebrities, you're sort of like inclined to tell them like a personal story. I don't know what that is. You sort of feel <laughs> like motivated. So I was like, look. Um, I know this is weird, but I just, you know, I want to just let you know that like my mom really loved watching you skate and she like really looked forward to watching your routines and it was really special for her. And, um, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that. that. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. And he punched me in the nut. No, I'm kidding. He was, (laughs) he was really nice, nice dude. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's all I got to say. Well, 2020 was meant to be an Olympic year. I'm um, sorry for you. It was not going to be winter, no, um, but I'm sure you know that this was supposed to be a uh, uh, summer Olympics in Tokyo. Tokyo was meant to host the 2020 Summer Olympic Games, but they, of course, had to be postponed until 2021 because of COVID. <laughs> I'm so sick of COVID. <laughs> but now, as the virus hasn't quite been beaten back as quickly as we all would have liked, there is uncertainty around whether or not this summer's games will be allowed to proceed as planned in Tokyo. Or at least there's rumors. Not from me, but there are some people who are saying that they're rethinking it. Well, don't worry. The Sunshine State of Florida has stepped up with an offer to the International Olympic Committee to host the Games in Central Florida as an alternative to the <laughs> Tokyo's venue. Did I had, you hear about this? I did, and I have things to say about it, and then I also have things <laughs> that are counter to say about it. So I'm, I'm waiting for you to finish. Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Patronis, who is the state's chief financial <laughs> officer. I really hope he's a giant Harry Potter fan. I don't get that. Um, He's the state's chief financial officer, submitted a letter to the Olympic Committee this week laying out the state's case for hosting the Games as a backup should Tokyo not be able to host. In his letter, Patronus touted Florida's performance in simultaneously keeping businesses open while keeping infection rates at or below national average while some other states like New York uh, didn't do so well. He went on to tell Florida's ability to host the NBA successfully this summer in the in the Disney World bubble and also described the opening of Disney World as, quote, incredible model for how to run a complex organization in the midst of COVID-19. He added that Florida also has the transportation infrastructure, hotels, healthcare facilities that would be needed to successfully stage an event. Uh, he did not state in his letter whether or not having the Olympics in Florida would mean the events would be allowed to have spectators. 
Hmm. Critics of the plan cite the fact that while this summer hundreds of millions of Americans are expected to finally have been coven, uh, covenated for their vaccine ID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> vaccinated for COVID, many other parts of the world that would be invited to participate would not yet have received a significant enough mm. inoculations before traveling here. Although that would also be true for Tokyo. Uh, thank you. If it proceeds with the games. Um, so, uh, but none of this may matter at all because a spokesman for the International Olympic Committee on Tuesday said the Olympic Games are still set to begin on July 23rd. In Tokyo, so Florida, we may not have to uh, roll out the red carpet for the Olympics, and I certainly hope that we do not. Really? Why do you hope uh, Hope not? Um, I love the Olympics. I also love them very far away from me. <laughs> you know, like, so I think back to um, when I was in the, tw- in the 2010s, or no, the, 20, the 2000s, when I was living in New York and Mayor Bloomberg was really pushing New York City as a candidate for an, the Summer Olympics. I think he I think they were a candidate uh, for 2012, which ultimately went to London. Um, I don't know if they were in the finals, but they were there. Were, there was a, a push. There was a, a committee. And I can just remember thinking the last thing New York needs is more construction and more people like we just don't need it. You know, give it to <laughs> right. someone, you know, there's no, we have no space. We're building skyscrapers a hundred stories high because we don't have any room on the ground. So you've got like, go somewhere else where there's room. I don't want you around. <laughs> I don't like it. And the traffic here in Orlando also, we don't have, you got to build a lot more roads. There's not enough roads. There's here. a, yeah. In any sort of like sprawling, growing city, even out here in, in Oakley, um, we don't apparently take a lot of merit or, or put a lot of weight in infrastructure. We love building gas stations and we love building community centers. And there's a friggin' Amazon warehouse coming to our town, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll bring more jobs and whatever, but like we still have the same roads. There's no plans to building new roads. Like what, where do you think people are going to go? Right. You know, already going through downtown sucks because it's a one-lane street. So I don't yeah. even go to downtown anymore. So it's like a dis- doing a disservice to the small businesses there. I can't imagine like a larger city where you just sort of avoid the whole thing. Yeah. I, my other thing is more probably a bit more relatable is I just don't know that, you know, maybe our numbers are a bit better than some places, but I don't know that that necessarily means suddenly dumping Olympics on us. It's just not right. We're just not, it's not time. I mean, I, I, well, I feel like the same you can use the same argument as Disney World being open. So you should open Disneyland to Disney World is open. So you should host the Olympics. I think it's the same argument where it's like your numbers are going down. Uh, you know, at your lowest point, you were having like 2,500 new cases a day. In California, we were at 5,000 cases a day at our lowest, mm. maybe four. You know, right now, or at our highest, we were having a couple of weeks ago, we had 45, 50 a day. And that was, of course, after Thanksgiving, right? And things are going, you know, lower. And that will be my next story. But uh, you sure. guys are doing better. Um, which sort of you know gives some sort of like credence to why we're why Disneyland is still is still closed, but 
I mean, you did all the uh, you know the, um, the the sports bubble thing before, so maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't know. I think you know. I mean, we do have Epcot. We've already got eleven countries here. That's true. And I say there isn't a better. I don't want the Olympics, but if we are going to have it, I would say one reason for it is we used to have Illuminations, which was basically an Olympics opening ceremony every single night. (laughs) So that's what's happening. But I don't think we're getting it. No, I don't think so either, man. I, I, I think uh, I think what you did is is good for what is it, basketball? But I, I mean, for the Olympics, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think you could really deal with the Olympics. I think it's too much infrastructure to build to build up. Well, if there's no spectators, I think there might be a case to be made because you do mm-hmm. we do have stadiums and pools and you know all that stuff. Like there's mm-hmm. all that all that is here, I suppose. Um, but you, we can't have the whole world coming here and descending on us. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. No, you can't have spectators. But, I mean, just the, the broadcast infrastructure, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know, man. I think uh, you guys did a good job down there with, uh, you know, with, like I said, with basketball or whatever sport it is. So uh, maybe you know, now you can we do have a good the Super job. Bowl. You're going to have the Super Bowl there, too. But you're going to have spectators. But they have to be vaccinated. You have to show proof of vaccine. So what, is it just going to be like the all bunch old people watching? <sighs> yeah, maybe, man. Everyone will be falling asleep during the halftime show. <laughs> maybe I'll go. I get my second shot on the 6th of February. Oh, my word. I know. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's only, you know, it's what, six? it's an hour from here. You can stay here. Oh, that'd be great. I would love it. Look, if I can get a ticket to the Super Bowl, I would go. If I cared enough about football, I would go. Not this would be funny to see you all of a sudden after all this. Your first outing is the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's go. Man, when he comes back, he comes back. That's what I do. <laughs> anyway. Um, as we've lamented before on this program, Jeremy, it's been hard to find Disney news out there on the Internet. And it's even harder to find positive Disney news, especially when I'm looking. But... I'm happy to report that the downtown Disney shopping district is opening up soon. Yes, on Monday, California Governor Gavin Newsom removed the stay-at-home order implemented last month, meaning residents can now feel free to move about the town. This also removes uh, restrictions on outdoor dining. So while eating inside is still not allowed, this means restaurants in downtown Disney can reopen for service, which also means... More jobs. In fact, Workers United Local 50 President Christopher Workers, he's a union hmm. boss, and his name is Workers. His last That's name is Workers. Fascinating. I was it's born like into Butler the union. <laughs> I will it's never like not a, be union. <laughs> like how butlers are named Jeeves. <laughs> That's right. Uh, said 232 of his dining and beverage union members would be recalled in the uh, first wave um, of job recall. So downtown Disney's opening up a little bit, uh, actually a lot, 232 uh, former Disney employees are coming back to work in downtown Disney. So as much shade as I like to throw on uh, on what's going on with Disney, they it does seem like they try to rehire 
past employees if they haven't found other work yet. So I think that's really cool. Um, the metrics used to close the state have been previously kept under wraps, but were tied to the amount of available beds in intensive care units across the state. And this is uh, sort of a point I like to make with people where they go, well, you know, COVID and, and you know, you're, 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 it's really not uh, the percentage is very low that you're going to get it. And, you know, so that's the thing. Um, a lot has been made of staying home to stop the spread of COVID, but in my opinion, what we really should be talking about is stay home so you don't catch COVID, so you don't end up in the ICU and get turned away. We don't overflow the ICU. Like this is was was uh, the the message in like April or May um, is let's reduce the load on the hospitals, and I right. feel like that messaging has sort of fallen by the wayside, especially in California where people don't realize that that's that's the fifteen percent accessibility of the ICU beds is the differentiation between staying at home and opening up. So if we open up, we need to have more than 15% ICU capacity. But if you, if you go out and you're not masked and you have parties at home and you don't care about it, you're going to go to the ICU or you're going to send somebody there, which is going to drive the availability down and it's going to shut everybody down and then you're going to cry about it. And like, so we can do a lot to like help not win John about this. Yeah, it's a they've also that's a reason why they've been they're very keen for people to get the flu vaccine this year, too, because right. it's like prevent what you can prevent. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, under pressure, uh, Gavin Newsom revealed his projections for the state, prompting the removal of the stay at home order. According to the state, we are expected to have a decrease in hospitalizations in the coming four weeks, pushing the open space and ICUs up over the required 15 percent cap. This capacity takes into account not only coronavirus patients, but those who would need intensive care for other reasons, even if there were no pandemic. It's part of the reason why, like, um, we're not trying to drive anywhere or whatever, because, like, if you get a car wreck or whatever, you, you don't want to go to a hospital for any reason mm. right now. <laughs> you, just, you don't want to do it. So it just it's another reason to stay home. But anyway, um, the state says the uh, Southern California region, which includes more than half the state's population, will go from zero ICU capacity under the state's weighted formula, to 33.3% in four weeks. Think about wow. that. If you're, if you're in Southern California and you have to go to the hospital, the ICU, if you have a heart attack, if you get in a frigging car accident, if you have chest pains, you can't go into the ICU. They, you, there is no room. There are no beds for you. Now hmm. you have COVID and you need to be intubated. Where are you going? There's nowhere to go. This is yeah. the reason we need to keep people home. California's anyway. Um, so there you go. So downtown Disney's reopening for service. There's, uh, of course, people saying that's really not a good idea considering what happened last time. Um, you know, when we reopened and downtown Disney opened and whatever. And then Thanksgiving happened and then cases skyrocketed, shutting everything down. So hopefully right. it was just Thanksgiving <clears throat> being the issue and not these other places being open. So. We'll see what happens. But downtown Disney opening back up. People are getting some jobs back. And uh, that's really the positive spin on this. Yeah. I mean, it does. Does it seem that places, you know, you know, going into a store or whatever, that doesn't seem to be a primary place where it's spreading. It does seem to be it's like these gatherings like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, where people were getting together in each other's homes. And then they're, uh, you know, they're with each other for two, three hours at a time. 
Um, and I think that is kind of what the Disneyland thing proves is that, you know, you can go to an outdoor, outdoor theme park and walk around and everybody, if you, and if they're enforcing the masks, yeah. um, it should be, it shouldn't be a soup too much of a super spreader event. So hopefully that's good. <laughs> right. And I'm glad some people are going to get back to work because it's actually you're, it's having a knock-on effect here. Like you talk to people who cast members here who are either, either out of work or working in different jobs for a much lower pay, and they're like, "It's Disneyland." They're like, "We need it to open because it's just put such a strain on the rest of the company." So hopefully it helps. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. This has been Ears Up in Depth number thirty-five, Jeremy. We've been doing wow. this for a year and a half. I know. There's no signs of slowing down. I'm interested no. to see uh, what happens when we get more details on the Jungle Cruise ride and, uh, you know, downtown Disney opening and all that, you know, kind of fun stuff. So um, anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, for checking us out. If you're in the chat room, thank you for uh, being live with us. I really appreciate that as well. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash ears up. That's the best way to support our show. Uh, subscribe via Patreon, whatever they want to call it. Um, and you get a lot of cool stuff, uh, you know, for for just helping us keep the lights on. If you are listening live and you don't know already, we are doing a tiki room this Friday. So two days from now, we're going to be in the old tiki room and uh, you having some drinks and playing some games and just kind of hanging out. Uh, Jeremy, you can join us if you want, but it might be too late for you because I know you are an old man now. Uh, I have house guest this weekend. It's my birthday. And when's your birthday? Saturday. Saturday. Your birthday mm-hmm. is Saturday. Okay, well, we'll we should plan something embarrassing for you. Okay. <laughs> so you have house guests. Okay, so you're not going to join us. They can join us too. I mean, I don't know. Well, we are we. Uh, no, I'll, it sounds I'll boring. See, but I don't think yeah. so. I think your friends are really boring. So <laughs> I'll tell Libby you said that. No, no, no I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and uh, be safe, be nice to each other, and we'll see you later. We did it, Jeremy.